This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 13th, 2016. Gaps, the prayer gap. Amen. Well, welcome to week three of Gaps. Those areas in our lives where there's a gap between who we are, who we want to be, between who we are, and who God calls us to be. This morning, our focus is on the prayer gap. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for our time together today where we can be um, connected with you and with one another. God, we um, thank you for your word found in scripture. We would pray that we might be nudged to um, come a little bit closer and closer and closer to you each and every day. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. So when God called me into ministry, wow, 20 years ago, one of our our biggest challenges was uh, where we were going to live. Because we were currently living in a beautiful house that we'd designed, uh, had custom built just seven years before. But at the new and much reduced salary that I was going to be receiving as a pastor, There was no way we were going to be able to afford the mortgage on that house. Uh, The churches that I served, it was three churches, three small churches, had a parsonage for us to live in, but it was an older house, uh, not in the greatest of shape, and and here's the the, the most challenge, was in the neighborhood that we worked very hard to move out of seven years before into this other house. So housing was... Uh, kind of a challenge that we were facing at that time. Well, that wasn't the only challenge. <laughs> the challenge, and Devin is up here laughing because she remembers this time well. The other challenge was me. I Amen. was pretty angry. <laughs> oh, Aaron, you remember probably uh, even more than Devin because you were a little bit older. So um, I had already been called into ministry and uh, was serving. And my first challenge was that when God, was, when God called Alan into ministry, it didn't fly well with me because that meant some bigger life changes than what we were, um, what I had planned. <laughs> and so one of the biggest life changes was needing to move from our home. And um, when that for sale sign went up in the yard, oh boy. Um, oh boy. I, it, was, it wasn't good. And you know what? I felt angry for about a year. That's a long time to feel angry. It sure I was is. angry at Alan. <laughs> and I was also angry at God. That being said, I was connected to God. And I knew that God could help me through that, those feelings that I was having. And so I prayed fervently every day, off and on many times a day, to feel um, peace in the situation. And um, I can remember one day, I think the girls were with me, we were standing out on the sidewalk, and I was looking at the house, the parsonage that we were 
going to move into. And I was again like crying out to the Lord, help me with this because this is not good for any of us the way that I'm feeling. And I looked up through the window uh, from the sidewalk and God gave me this beautiful vision of our family seated around the table and Turner was in a high chair so uh, he was there and Aaron, Megan and Devin were around the table. Alan and I were at the table and my God gave me this picture. We were laughing and having a good time and I could see this picture of family. And what I realized was that God was showing me that I in fact needed to let it go, let it go, and instead just embrace the new future that God had for our family right there on Pine Street where our new home would be. And so I can remember we bought a, a sunflower uh, wallpaper thing. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get into the decorating mode. This will be good. And don't you know, in about, it was two weeks or so, God turned everything upside down. You see, what I know now in retrospect is that I had to surrender to God's will for our lives and for our family and for our future, which included our home. And God gave it back to us. We didn't have to leave our home. You see, Alan's churches made a decision that they would sell that home and instead give us some housing allowance so we could stay put right where we were. And it was an incredible moment through prayer. It's the power of prayer that God just needed to work on me uh, to show us next steps. And by the time we needed to put our house up for sale to move up here, it was like, get that thing sold. We need to go. <laughs> but it's through prayer. I had a big prayer gap, and I just needed to keep praying, praying, praying. And God worked on my heart, and, and I received peace. So Amen. that's it. So we could tell you many, 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 many stories of how God has answered prayer in our lives, of how prayer has been a crucial part of our walk with God, of how without prayer, well, we have no idea where we would be. We could also tell you, though, that in spite of how important prayer has been and will always be for us, that we experience prayer gap more often than we would like to admit. Prayer gap, the gap between our prayer life as it is and what God would want our prayer life to be. Maybe you've experienced prayer gap in your life at one point or another. I think if we're all honest, we all experience that gap from time to time. What's interesting is uh, as, as we get closer to God, I think we get even more aware of the gap. We, we think it's bigger. The truth is it's probably smaller, but we get much more aware of those prayer gaps that we're experiencing the closer we get in our walk with God. Because the closer we get, the more we yearn for God. The more we yearn for God, the more, I mean, it's just this beautiful thing. But um, we do have prayer gaps. What is a prayer gap? What causes a prayer gap? We'd like to uh, read from this book, Too Busy Not to Pray. It was written by Bill Hybels, who's a pastor at Willow Creek uh, Church out in Chicago. Uh, Hybels writes this. Prayer is an unnatural activity. 
From birth, we learn the rules of self-reliance as we strain and struggle toward independence. And frankly, prayer flies in the face of all that. It is an assault on human autonomy, an indictment on self-sufficient living. To people like me, who are fond of racing down the fast lane, determined to make it on their own, prayer can seem like a really annoying interruption. Although prayer is alien to our proud human nature, somehow at some point along life's journey, most of us fall to our knees, bow our heads, fix our attention on God, and just plain pray. We may look both ways to be sure no one's watching. Our knees may creak at the foreignness of this activity, but still, we pray. So to really um, understand this prayer gap, we, we first need to ask, what is prayer anyway? Well, basically, prayer is communication with God, pure and simple, talking to God, listening to God, being aware of God's presence in our life, staying in touch with God, not just now and then, but constantly. To understand the importance and necessity of prayer, we must first understand that at the very core, God is community. The community of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This community of the triune God, three in one, has been that way from forever and will be for forever. And God created us to be in community as well with one another, but even more importantly, with God. That's why God created us, so that we could be in community with him. And, and, and that's the whole thing about Jesus Christ. Uh, it's through Christ that we're able to commune, that we're able to be in community, we're able to connect with the Father. And then community is only possible through communication. Check this out, both those words, community, communication. We talk about holy communion here. All of them have that same common root. It's a Latin root, communis, which, uh, which, which means common or shared by many. And so communication is an absolute necessity for us to be in community, not only with one another, but with God. When it comes to God and us, that communication is known as prayer. Yeah. Hybels, as Kerry shared, he shares this. He says that either by intuition or experience, we understand that the most intimate communion with God comes only through prayer. So what does that look like? What does that look like? Is there a prescription for what prayer looks like? How we should do it? Is it always on our knees, hands clasped, eyes closed, or perhaps our eyes looking heavenly, looking upward? What does it look like? Well, let's take a look in the Bible, First Thessalonians chapter five. In fact, would you say it with me? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so it looks like the prescription for prayer 
isn't so much how, but how often <laughs> or, or how much. And the answer is to pray all the time, to pray without ceasing, to, to be aware of God's presence, to be in communication, and therefore to be in community with God at all times. <laughs> now, with that in mind, prayer isn't always going to look the same. It will depend on the circumstances, on the when and the where. Praying at your desk at the office is probably going to look a little bit different than praying on the steps here at Connection Community Church. If you're praying on I-95, you're probably not going to want to close your eyes and bow your head and clasp your hands. It's, that's not a good way to pray when you're traveling on the, on the highway there. It's a great way to pray here, but, you know, it depends on the time and the place. This is a challenging verse of Scripture, though. Pray without ceasing. What does that look like? Well, for me, what that looks like is actually spending some dedicated time with God, but it also means praying without ceasing means that my, my mind and my heart is bent toward God while I'm going about my, my daily life. To have communication, to think, to try to connect with God wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. And to give thanks in everything. Well, certainly there are situations where we really can't thank God for a particular situation that could be very horrible. But we can thank God for carrying us through and for being by our side and for teaching us along the way. So pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's what the Bible says for us to do. Mm. And so with all the benefits of prayer then, with the positive experiences that we've had, uh, or then you, that you, many of you have had as a result of prayer, then the question is, what then causes this prayer gap that we talk about this morning? Well, maybe part of it is that sometimes we're just too busy to pray. So the book that we're quoting from, written by Bill Hybels, is called Too Busy Not to Pray. This book has sold over a million copies. It's on Amazon. You can get it for less than $10. This is a really good read, and we would encourage you to get this book. I'd like to read from the introduction of the book, and again, this is uh, written by uh, Pastor Bill Hybels. He writes, 20 years ago, I reached a breaking point. I'd been a Christ follower for more than a decade, Willow Creek was growing like a weed, and in many regards, the future looked bright, divinely bright even. But despite all the inspiring dynamics unfolding around me, my prayer life was gasping for breath. I knew the importance of prayer. I knew how to pray. And I even wanted to pray. I just didn't pray at least with the frequency and intensity I knew I should. And so Hybels writes that he was so busy that his prayer life suffered. Sound familiar? What he found was that he was too busy not to pray. And that is true for us as well. The busier we get, the more we need to 
take time with Christ to help guide us through our days. I've found in my life that when I do set that time aside to read the Bible, which is the best way to get close to God, and to pray, actually God multiplies my time throughout the day because God has gotten the priority. When I don't make time to do that, I suffer. When you don't make time to do that, I suspect that you suffer as well. Mm. And so Jesus, we look to him as our guide, as our mentor. Well, Jesus prayed all the time. Jesus prayed about everything. We look in the book of Luke. We read that Jesus prayed after healing people. He prayed before choosing his 12 disciples. He prayed after he was nailed to the cross. In the book of Matthew, he prayed before walking on water. That's probably a good idea, if any of you are going to try that. Walking on water, you want to pray first. And before feeding 4,000, yeah, if we had 4,000 to feed, we'd probably pray about that one too. In John, he prayed before raising Lazarus from the dead and for himself, his disciples, and all believers just before he was arrested uh, the night of his, uh, his execution. Those are just a few examples of the many, 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 many examples where Jesus prayed. We also read where solitary prayer is how Jesus recharged his batteries. You see, the more we read times when the crowds were just, you know, wanting, wanting. Can you imagine if Jesus was in our midst, we would just ask and talk and want to be at Jesus' feet, and Jesus needed time to withdraw, to spend time communing with his Father in heaven. Jesus made time to do that. He was too busy not to pray. Mm. Perhaps one of the reasons uh, for our prayer gap is that we're not sure just how effective prayer is at times. We wonder sometimes, is prayer even working? Does this thing really make a difference, we sometimes ask? Well, I know it does in my life. Uh, I've prayed with God that He would help me find forgiveness for people in situations, and I've been able to forgive. I pray that God would help us as we balance seminary with four kids and four churches and God delivered. We prayed over this church for 15 years now, and God continues to deliver miracle after miracle after miracle over and over and over again as we're praying right now for our future direction, our future home, and that sort of thing. We, we ask continue. We pray for that as we well. We continue to look to God's direction for where we're headed. And, and the thing is, it's not just in the big things. You know, we seek God's uh, direction, God's help uh, in the little things. Uh, a few years ago, I remember a friend said, well, you know, I lost my keys, and I, and I prayed to God, and I thought, you've got to be kidding. Don't you think God's got better things to do than find your keys? Of course, two days later or whatever, I've lost my keys. And, you know, I tried hooping and hollering, cussing, getting all upset, and it never worked. So I thought, well, all right, let's try this pray, prayer thing. So I did, and of course, within about three minutes, I found my keys. Yeah, I go figure that one. So, you know, God wants to be in communion with us, in communication, in community with us, not just on those big life-threatening, life-changing, life-challenging things, but in the day-to-day, uh, -day, even the mundane little things of life. God just wants to be in touch with us. So God can help us with the small things in our lives as well as the big things. In fact, the mountains in our lives, those obstacles that we think are there that God cannot move. Because God can, in fact, move mountains 
Let's uh, take a look at Matthew chapter 21. Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And so Heibel shares that mountain-moving prayer happens when we follow two basic principles. The first principle is this. Faith comes by looking at God, not at the mountain. In other words, all too often we focus on the challenge rather than on God. We, 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 we spend our time focused on the challenge, the problem, the hurdle. We spend our time and energy focused on the wrong thing. We've got to focus on God and God alone. And that's because we can't move the mountain. So focusing on the mountain is meaningless. We don't have the kind of power to move a mountain on our own, that kind of strength. We can only move it with God, and so that's where our focus has to be on God. That's where our prayer has to be. Any mountain, any mountain in our lives, that's where it's got to be. God and God alone. We need to focus our attention, our prayers, and our time and energy on God, knowing that God can move that mountain when we can't. So the second principle that Hybels offers is that God gives us faith as we walk by his side. You see, the more we walk with God and the more we talk with God, the more that we watch God's action in our lives, the more we commune or have relationship with God, the more we're able to be faithful. And we have these spiritual markers that we can say, yes, God was there, and yes, God was there. And it actually helps to grow our faith the more dependent we are on God. God is faithful today, and God will continue to be faithful in the future. And here's the thing about that. Blessings don't precede our steps of faith. They come after. I'll say that again. Blessings do not precede our steps of faith. They come after. We must take that step first, and then the blessing follows. And so as we walk with God, and as we trust God with the smaller things in our lives, we learn that we can trust God with the bigger things in our lives. And then the bigger, and then the bigger, and we begin to take bigger faith steps as we become totally dependent and totally surrendered on God. Hmm. And you might be thinking, yeah, but that's all well and good, but what about those times when it seems like our prayers aren't answered, those times where it feels like God isn't listening, where it feels like God didn't even hear me? I thought prayer was answered. Doesn't seem like it always is. Well, our challenge is this. We always want the answer to be yes. Right? God, I want this. Yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes what you're asking for ain't such a good idea, and God knows it better than you do, better than I do, you know? Sometimes flat out the answer's 
No, and that's tough to swallow because we know what we want and we really think God should deliver. Yeah. On the other hand, sometimes God's answer is slow. <laughs> You're a little ahead of yourself here. Uh, you know, from God's perspective, the timing isn't quite right right now. What you're requesting, the timing, you need a little patience. It's coming, but you need to, to wait. So you've got to sometimes hear no, sometimes it's slow. Sometimes God says, you've got to grow. <laughs> you're not quite spiritually mature enough for what you want, for what you're asking. Um, uh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe you need to change your attitude a little bit. May, maybe you need to stop that sinful practice that you've been uh, uh, exercising. Maybe you need to mend a broken relationship. Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Maybe you need to repent and go in a new direction before you're ready for what you're asking. Now, here's the thing. God loves us way too much to give us things before we're ready for them. Uh, how often have you had a prayer that wasn't answered the way you asked, and boy, were you tickled to death that's the way God planned? Anybody? <laughs> amen, amen, and amen. Of course, so you got no, slow, grow, and then that sweet, sweet day when God says go. Not go away, but go with the prayer. I'm going to go with what you're asking. Things are good. All systems are go. You know, no, slow, grow, go. We've all experienced the various answers that God gives. God answers prayer. It just might not be the answer that we want. So there are a lot of reasons why we have prayer gap. Maybe it is because we felt that God wasn't listening and our prayers were just hitting the ceiling and so we distanced ourselves from God. Perhaps it's because we might get a little lazy in that relationship with God or too busy. Maybe it's that we've gotten out of the habit. That can happen too. Maybe we have a prayer gap because we just think that um, prayer is more complicated then, you know, I'm not saying the right words. I don't know how to pray. And we tend to make it much more complicated than it is because prayer is simply talking to God and listening, spending time in God's presence. Okay, Carrie, so that sounds simple enough. Really, I don't know how. Can you give, a, give me a model for prayer? So here's a great model for prayer. It's called pray. <laughs> Here we go. P starts with praise the Lord. So you just go, Almighty God, I praise you. You're an awesome God. Thank you. Next is R. Stands for repent, turn from. I'm sorry, Lord. And you know, saying I'm sorry without a change of behavior is absolutely meaningless. So sincerely, Lord, I am sorry, and help me go in a new direction. And then A is ask. Ask God for the needs of others. Ask God for the deep desires of your heart. And then Y is yield. I love that word, yield, because it just kind of makes me feel like I need to just slow down and stop and almost like it's a submission word to me to yield to God's will, God's presence in our lives. 
So if you use this model, P-R-A-Y, Almighty God, you're an incredible God. Thank you for the beautiful day that you've given us. That's the P, repent. God, I'm sorry that I had some negative feelings about a particular situation, and God, help me with my words so that I don't uh, speak in a sharp way. Lord, uh, curb my tongue. A is ask. God, I'm asking you in Jesus' name to be um, up there in Wilmington with my dad and with Sandy, and Lord, give them, bring them to a place of peace. And I would ask for you to help me be a vessel of love and calm in that situation. Why is yield? Yield, God, I yield myself. I submit my life to you. Order my steps. Amen. P-R-A-Y. Pray. Mm. And so to kind of wrap up this morning, God, God desires community with us, to be in community, to commune, to communicate. And that's, that's only possible through communication, and that communication is what we call prayer. Talking to God, listening to God. One thing I learned back in the sales when I was in sales, you get one mouth, you got two ears. Think of the ratio. Listen, twice as much as you talk, that includes in our prayer life. You know, oftentimes we're very good at giving God our little wish list. Try to listen twice as much as you talk when you're praying with God. Listen to what God has to say to you. Don't be too busy. Don't be too lazy. Close the prayer gap. Remember the words of Philippians 4, 6, which we share here very often. And by the way, bring your, remember to bring your Bibles to church and follow along, even if it's just on a phone. Here you go. Say it with me. Don't, Don't worry, worry about, about anything. anything. Instead, Instead, pray, pray about, about everything. everything. Tell, Tell God, God what you need and thank him, him for all he has God. done. Let's go to God in prayer right now. Almighty God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have together today in connecting with you and connecting with one another. God, help us close our own prayer gap. Lord, it looks different for each one of us. Uh, speak to us, guide us, carve out time. Give us this yearning, this deep place where our souls can connect with you, Lord. Thank you so much for gathering us here today for our mission as a church to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. We give this time to you, Lord, with thanksgiving and honor and praise in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus in the life.